Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. I'd like to give a very warm welcome to my special guest today, Alexa Hoffman. Alexa is the founder of Eleven Botanica, a holistic company rooted in aromatherapy and Ayurveda. Alexa, I'm so excited you're here and to learn more about your brand. So let's dive in. Um, I love Ayurveda, by the way. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I discovered it a few years ago. Um, and now I like I started doing like the spa treatments with it and just they had such different modalities. And honestly, it's like it doesn't even compare. So I'm curious how you share like your transition from I think your background, if I'm not mistaken, was designing for retailers. I believe Free People mm-hmm. was on that list amongst other brands. So how did you transition from that to the wellness space and get into Ayurveda? Am I pronouncing yeah. it right? I realize. Yes. <laughs> yep, you're pronouncing it right, Ayurveda. Um, yeah, so I'll share a little bit about, so my background comes from the design world. Um, I went to school for fashion design and I was working for various companies um, on the East Coast was living in New York City. um, And I just started to dive deeper into my own yoga practice. Mm -hmm. And I think really starting to dive into mindfulness practices and learning about Ayurveda and these ancient practices that have been around for thousands of years um, really helped me start to find a lot of balance in my own life, um, just from dealing with burnout, working very long hours. Um, In the fashion industry, I was starting to really not feel aligned Um, continuing down that career path. Um, So as I dove deeper into my own yoga, meditation, mindfulness practices, um, that really led me to kind of pivot my career and enter the wellness space, which eventually led to the founding of my company, Eleven Botanica. Amazing. That's incredible. And I, and I think so many people can relate, um, especially I've talked with a lot of business owners in the wellness space where they're like, I was burnt out. Everyone talks about being burnt out. Right. And, um, and coming from like the quote unquote traditional corporate world and, and finding peace in in their own sort of form of serenity in, in the mix of it all. I find it interesting too, though, you know, maybe you can share some light on this is when we leave the corporate world or when we leave our own other businesses, cause we're feeling potentially burned out or just various reasons why people start on out on their own. How have you, how have you kind of experienced burnout, potential burnout or prevented potential burnout in your journey since starting your business? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely starting a business is, you know, it's something that's so close to your heart and you want it to grow. And it's kind of something that's always in the back of your mind, even if you're not quote unquote at work or working. So I think, you know, it's been even more important for me to keep up with my own self-care and mindfulness practices. Um, I have a one-year-old, so I definitely will say my morning and evening routines are not, you know, the hour to an hour and a half that they used to be, (laughs) but I think still just really taking time each day to, move my body in some form, as well as just taking a bit of time for meditation, even if it's just a couple breaths um, to just really ground myself and kind of set an intention for the day has been really helpful. Um, you know, I think, you know, there is, as a business owner, there is times that you do need to like take a step back and right. relax or do something that has nothing to do with your business. It's not right. easier said than done, but I think too, it's like when you take those pauses um, and kind of those mindful breaks, that's when a lot of creativity and new ideas come. Right. And you shared that, you know, you started your, you were, you, you basically dove into your own personal practices in order to kind of prevent that burnout and, and really foster a healthier connection to yourself, it seems. 
So I'm curious, how did Eleven Botanica come to be and how did you infuse kind of your experience into that? Yeah, so after leaving the fashion industry, um, I was working full time as a yoga and Pilates instructor and also as an Ayurvedic health coach. Um, so really kind of that last year in fashion was when I was starting to do some different trainings and studies. Um, but I was doing that for a couple of years. I think I wanted to really establish um, myself and my knowledge um, before starting my company. Um, so I founded 11 Botanica in 2020. And this was an interesting time to start a business um, with the COVID pandemic. I was living in New York City at the time, um, but it was actually when I was able to have a lot of time to really get the storytelling and branding yeah. going for my company. I'd been making custom products for clients for several years now at that time. Um, but in New York City, everything was closed for a very long time, especially yoga studios. They were closed for, I think, about 13 months. Um, mm -hmm. So I definitely didn't have that aspect of busyness um, to my schedule. So I was right. really able to take the time to get the company started. Wow. I, um, I have multiple questions actually, but one of which is how did you get into custom products before all of this? Yeah. So through um, Ayurvedic health coaching, um, what that consists of really, I mean, people come to me wanting to sleep better or, you know, something um, more deep, like an autoimmune or thyroid. So I have a variety of clients that come to me for health mm -hmm. coaching. Um, but really through that, you know, I'm putting together an individualized plan. And oftentimes I would include um, an herbal tea blend or some type of essential oil, massage oil or a diffuser blend kind of based on um, that client's need. So that was where the kind of custom products were coming in to play. How interesting. I'm curious to know, what has, since you came from such a great background of these corporations, right, or these larger brands, how, what was that kind of contrast like between those types of brands being in that space and that headspace and everything, and then starting a small business? Yeah, um, I would say definitely, you know, working in bigger corporations, it's kind of like your role is what you're doing. And mm -hmm. then as a business owner, it's like you're doing everything. Right. Um, I was lucky I did work for um, a smaller fashion label in the mix of brands that I worked for. And that was really helpful because at that particular role, I was wearing a lot of hats and having to do a lot more than just design. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, that definitely um, was helpful, you know, going into owning a business where, you know, at any given day, it's always a mix of working on the business or working in the business. So it's definitely um, been helpful. Yeah. How about for your branding and messaging? Have you, were there any sort of takeaways from your experience or journey um, that you wanted to infuse? Yeah, I think I've always, um, you know, been drawn to design in general. Um, I've been working as fashion, you know, cut and sew knits, but, um, you know, always have been passionate about photography and graphic design. And that kind of really led um, to the branding of Eleven Botanica, um, keeping it very timeless, minimal, um, not overly trendy in colors, um, just keeping it very clean. You know, that also mm -hmm. leads to, you know, the aesthetic of the brand. You know, I want it to be something that people want to have out on their nightstand or on a dresser, or on a shelf, um, something that's really timeless. Mm -hmm. I love that. I like that it was, it's like very intentional with the brand versus like, oh, this looks cool or this looks nice. It's very much kind of keeping in with, I think I would imagine the root of kind of Ayurveda and like you said, timeless and, um, and calming and always providing good energy, it seems. Mm -hmm. What can you share a little bit about the process or being a, from your perspective as a direct to consumer company? who makes their own products. And I believe in small batches, correct? correct? So it's like all hand done. Can you share a little bit about the process behind, behind that and how that is infusing the brand? Yeah. So with each, so I do all the formulations and create all the blends myself. Um, so usually as it's, it starts out with, you know, me kind of getting into a creative space, maybe it's a product that I've been hearing, you know, customers, clients want, or something, you know, I'm looking to try out. Usually that will start as me making the product. Um, I usually will try it first myself and then, you know, friends, family, or just some customers that have been coming to me for years, will get to kind of try that product and experience. So I definitely, you know, 
value and use feedback before kind of adding it into the assortment. Sure. What have you, like, why was, why is it important for you to not just do it, but of course share it um, in the sense of your approach to these products and to make it in small batches to make sure the ingredients are super clean um, and good for you? Yeah, so definitely sourcing and ingredients are, you know, two big focuses of the company. I think, you know, a lot of products that we use every single day, whether it's perfume or lotion or even our dish detergent, laundry detergent, um, often have very long ingredient lists. You know, it's something that we don't always look at. Um, But fragrance oils are something that I don't use in any of my products. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of the word fragrance is on most ingredient labels. And as of right now, the FDA doesn't have companies, they don't have to disclose what that means. So the word fragrance can often mean thousands of chemicals. Mm -hmm. Um, And really these can lead to a variety of different health issues. You know, they can affect our gut microbiome, um, you know, allergies, brain fog, even hormone disruption. Sure. Um, so really, you know, the basis of my company is not to eliminate all sense. You know, we want, I'm not saying live a life with no sense, you know, sure. our sense of sense is um, really important, but I think, you know, using pure organic essential oils, you know, from plants are just a cleaner, non-toxic way to mm-hmm. not only apply product to your skin, but also to use to scent your space or your home. It's so important too, that like, I mean, it's, I find more and more there's a lot of brands that are more conscious, quote unquote, and they, I think a lot of the times it's become like almost a buzzword in some regards, because it's like, if you're not, then it, you know what I mean? Like it can be, it's not as, it's not as positively received. So I'm curious to know how have you been able to kind of infuse your core values in that in that messaging in and and how has it been received as well? Yeah, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of knowledge to the consumer that still needs to happen, um, especially with some of the products that have just been used and not even thought about. You know, more household type of cleaning products. So I definitely, you know, I think there's sharing the knowledge to the consumer first off, but I, um, as a company and as a brand really like to be super transparent with every ingredient, um, you know, where it's coming from, what's in it. Um, you know, I answer a lot of questions if customers want to know, you know, exactly where things are being sourced from that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you definitely can smell the difference between a more synthetic fragrance and something that is actually made from essential oils. Oh, interesting. And I love that you say, you know, just, I love that you use the word transparency in it and it's seen, and it's very clear when you do look at your brand, like that is what you're doing. Like you list everything. You're very clear and direct about how it's done. And I'm curious to know, was that, was that intentional to be that direct and transparent or was it kind of just a natural thing for you? Um, I think it was intentional, you know, wellness, you know, as a buzzword, you know, it's sometimes overwhelming to people. Mm -hmm. And I never want it to seem like there needs to be 20 steps that you need to add into your day starting tomorrow to feel healthier. So really all of my products are created. um, They are, you know, simple to use, easy to start implementing Mm -hmm. um, and kind of like that stepping stone into wanting to become more well by tapping into mindfulness, your intuition, that sort of thing. So, you know, all the products, you know, it's easy to make a cup of tea or to put a couple of drops of a diffuser blend into your diffuser um, to really right away feel those benefits. Yeah. And have it be very adaptable for their life as it stands in that moment. Mm-hmm. I love exactly. that. Um, that's so interesting too. And did that stem with the concept of 11 Botanica, like you said, right, you were making these custom products, you were, you had some clients, was that always kind of part of the process? Or did you learn it or sort of realize it when you started 11 Botanica? Um, I think it was definitely, you know, something that I had realized in my own experience of, you know, not wanting to overcomplicate self-care rituals or morning and evening routines. Um, so as, you know, a health coach and the founder, 
I really stand by, it doesn't need to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look back um, to ancient practices like Ayurveda, for example, it's really connecting um, to the season that it is each year, like adapting your routines, connecting back to nature is really at the root of it. So really it's about simplifying versus overcomplicating. I love that. And I also love that it's so tied, it directly ties into that aesthetic you mentioned of just being super simple and clean. And, and it's just, like you said, it encapsulates, it encapsulates if I can't speak, <laughs> it encapsulates all of these components and elements that you infuse most importantly into the product. And then therefore it just kind of extends and branches out. So I love that. Um, I have a question for you, especially in this section, like, well, the wellness industry has become a beast of its own. I think definitely in the heart of the pandemic, I think it really sprouted um, or really kind of blew up a little bit. And then prior to that, it was like slowly sprouting, but I think even more so, and I'm curious from your thoughts on this is there's a lot more wellness coaches, a lot of people kind of just jumping into the space because it's things that they connect with. How, how have you seen the wellness industry from your perspective transform and what kind of impact does that have on consumers? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely, you know, post pandemic, I think, you know, there's been a big push for people to want to feel healthier, to want to slow down, to want to live a bit more mindfully. And, you know, I think that's definitely, you know, a very good thing. Um, for the industry. That being said, you know, as a brand in the wellness space, it is often very crowded. So, you know, it's really important to have that clear messaging and kind of that differentiation to stand out, um, which is something I'm always working on, whether, you know, various types of marketing through social media, messaging, that sort of thing. That's great. And I think too, and I, I agree that, right, it's uh, so much of the pandemic brought out this underlying priority or just significant importance of being mindful really paying attention slowing down like you say um and I think that's also why like the wellness industry sprouted or uh, as much as it did in during that time and I'm curious like what do you think now especially as in comparison to larger companies, right? Like how do you see a brand's responsibility in this day and age in the wellness space as it is? Yeah, I think, you know, it's focusing on not just one aspect of our health or wellness. Um, You know, that's something definitely with Ayurveda being the root of this company is, you know, you can work out every day, but if you're not nourishing your body with healthy food, you're not going to feel great. So it's not just focusing just on physical, just on emotional or just on mental. It's really, you know, holistic wellness, you know, we're all whole people. So I think um, it's really important for brands and companies going forward to be able to address all those aspects of wellness. For sure. What do you think is a good, what, or I guess in what 11 Botanica has been doing, like what has been a good way to sort of get that and out there and address that, those issues? Yeah. So, you know, without having a brick and mortar just yet, um, really working to build community. So I just wrapped up, um, my first Ayurveda workshop series with 11 Botanica. And I think that was really great um, to gather in person, enjoy a healthy Ayurvedic meal, um, practice yoga or mindful movement, and then kind of dive into what Ayurveda is and how it can really apply um, to a modern lifestyle. So kind of seeing that workshop series and just kind of gathering together, I think is kind of the whole process, you know, when you go to the website right now, you know, it's mostly products, um, but the long-term vision for the company is to create these wellness concept spaces that would have a retail, have a classroom for workshops and learning, as well as a fitness studio space as well. Um, so that's really the long-term plan to really make sure that 11 Botanica, it's not just a product and it's not just a class. It's really the whole um, thing put together. I love that because it's just, you're immersing them in that whole experience, like you said. And I love that you called it a brand, these brand concepts, um, because it's, it really is a matter of taking the experience or this concept of Ayurveda, even though it's been around for thousands of years, 
So it's not, <laughs> I wouldn't even describe it as a concept really, but just, just this concept of holistic wellness and, um, and helping them directly see it. And I'm curious to know like how, it, when it comes to creating that community and getting people in person, how has that been experience been for you? Yeah, it keeps me very busy. Um, so for all the pop-up events and the workshops, you know, I'm leading them. I'm talking directly to clients, to customers. Um, so it's been very rewarding as well, because I do like to work with people um, and kind of learn about their stories, what their goals are for their wellness, what they're looking, you know, to feel better. So it's definitely, you know, me going to these events, hosting these events um, and kind of getting to know the community. Um, you know, it's been great to get some in-person events going on. Um, but I am looking to also get some virtual webinars, that sort of thing, you know, as I do have clients across the country. So not everyone, you know, I'm based in central Illinois right now. Um, so I think, you know, making sure people can experience community and um, these events and workshops. Sure. That's great. How has the experience been, you know, I mean, you talk about virtual, like kind of expanding into the virtual community. Do you see, um, I guess like outside of the workshops, have you, do you see sort of how the community consists of, like in the ecosystem of 11 Botanica? Yeah. I mean, I, I did a lot of you know, I kind of had my own virtual platform for classes um, and some workshops during the pandemic. So I definitely went through, you know, the last few years of wanting to only do in-person events. Oh. Um, so I think, you know, for 11 Botanica, I do see um, maybe some more ebooks or kind of these mini courses that people can take on their own um, as being the main virtual expansion that I'm looking at for the company and then continuing to keep um, some in-person events, um, you know, right now where I'm based, but, you know, eventually in more locations. Sure. That, I think that's so interesting too, that you mentioned like eBooks and just all of these things and, and with the intention, and it's very clear that the intention is, you know, with the, the customer in mind and with the ability to educate them and share your knowledge with them in a way that just works and, kind of creating that diversity there. But I'm curious to know, you know, what has you, what have you seen work in terms of that type of education and sharing that knowledge outside of, of course, the immersive experience? Like are people, because I, I, I'll preface, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit to give context. Creating content is so difficult for many business owners. A lot of the times because of time, it feels overwhelming. Um, but also getting it to where it, it helps you scale it actually like more than three people click on it or look at it or whatever it is. Right. And so I'm just curious to know what your experience has been when it comes to, to things like that, like a blog or anything else that's, that really does require, um, the digital realm to help <laughs> give the boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, I try to batch content. Um, I really enjoy writing. Um, so writing blog posts comes very naturally to me. Um, so that's something I'm able to be super consistent with um, in terms of social media and that type of marketing, um, making reels and videos, that sort of thing um, was not something I had been used to doing. Um, but recently I've started to do weekly or bi-weekly um, short videos talking about a topic. So basically all my followers, I'll put a couple options, they'll vote on a poll, and then I kind of share more, um, kind of like a five to 10 minute deep dive into that topic. Um, and I have been seeing, you know, that's people want to learn about Ayurveda, but kind of in aromatherapy, but bite-sized chunks or, you know, more concise topics are more helpful than something, you know, that's maybe 30 minutes long. Um, so I am seeing you know, a better response to kind of these shorter bite-sized, easy to implement tips. I think that's really interesting that you do a poll. So you're basically making sure that you're only creating content that like someone, even if it's just one person tells you they want to hear about it. And I think a lot of the times we forget to do that. We forget, or if we do it, it's done in a way where we're kind almost like, manipulating the situation or the results in in many regards or I've seen that happen so I'm curious to know like how, what what started you to do those polls 
Yeah, I, um, I mean, take it back to a couple years. This is back on my personal Instagram. I was doing like a weekly Ayurveda chat. Mm. Um, this is when I had a lot more time. So I'm kind of reviving this um, back into the 11 Botanica brand. But, um, you know, I was sharing these short videos from a wide array of Ayurvedic topics, Ayurvedic skincare, or, you know, a yoga flow for when you need energy, that sort of thing. So kind of bringing that back. Um, but the polls to me, I mean, if I'm going to record a video, I want to make sure, sure that it's, you know, what people want to hear. There's of course, many topics that I'm super passionate about that I could ramble on for hours. Um, but I want to make sure it's resonating with the audience. Yeah. I love that you say, right. Like you started this Ayurveda chat and like, it really is going back to something that came to you and it was on your personal thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was so natural for you back then I would imagine. And Mm -hmm. that the fact that you brought that back. And again, it just kind of infuses this human story behind, behind the brand because, and I'm, so I'm curious to know, like the chat, like, how does that, are you, do you consider that, I mean, the polls and kind of like the whole, the whole picture of the polls, the bite-sized content and things like that, is that the new kind of innovated version of what you were doing previously? Yeah. Yeah. I used to do this more as a live, mm-hmm. um, but it's been, whenever I send a poll out for what time should this live be, you know, it's always, yeah. everyone has so many <laughs> different times. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I should just stay live for 24 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> just stay in the life of Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think for these, you know, I record a short video you know, I've taught a lot of workshops at this time and written a lot of blog posts. So I usually have the content. It's just kind of resharing it in an updated way um, based on what people want to hear. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, when I started these Ayurveda chats, um, I guess maybe three years ago now, um, I was very new to Instagram live or videos. So, you know, I look back at some of those and I was like, wow, I looked very nervous doing that. (laughs) Um, but I think now it's just also, you know, as the founder of the brand, just letting people get to know me, um, you know, what I stand for, you know, why I'm creating products and kind of, you know, what the company is about, I think is very important. That's, I love that you share, right? Like you went back and you saw how you were before and now you do it daily. How has that, did you get, are you, is it safe to say that you're now very comfortable doing it? Yeah, I think, you know, I was always a very more reserved, you know, not wanting to present or share a lot. But I think as a business owner, you know, you are the face of the brand, at least for some point, maybe not forever. But, um, you know, I've definitely gotten a lot more comfortable, you know, sharing. And, you know, it's not just only about the brand. I really want people to know more about Ayurveda. So kind of when I go back to that intention, it's like, oh, I might be nervous to like, speak at this event or do this, but, you know, I'm really passionate about kind of sharing this ancient wisdom that can really be applied. I love that. And because you, like you say, right. You're like, I could talk about it all day long. And I think tapping into that is so important because at least for, and I've experienced this myself. I personally hate social media. (laughs) Like I've always struggled with it. I've always, it was always the last person on it, but it was my job. Like it was always my job. Right. And so Um, but for someone else, not myself. And so, and I see a lot of people and a lot of clients struggling to put themselves out there. And, and it's a lot of the times that analysis paralysis, what works, what doesn't. And I love that you kind of tapped into the essence of like these kind of informal chats and then decided to put it in the hands of your followers and people that you want, you're trying to connect to. So I'm curious about your, your journey from when you started to do that and in what, how you kind of got through those kinds of, like those kind of struggles, if you had those, if you did have those struggles. Yeah, I think, you know, as with anything, especially social media, and I guess marketing in general, it's a lot about adapting, you know, to what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think the more you do something, and you can just show up, 
I know as a designer, you know, it's like, oh, well, is this the right aesthetic or is this right. the right font for this carousel or this post? You know, I think, yes, you need to have a brand toolbox, you need to make everything cohesive, but it's also just about showing up. Um, you know, it's not, doesn't come super naturally to me to always be behind the camera and really kind of be that face of the brand as just by nature, I'm like a more quiet, reserved person. But I think, you know, the more you continue to show up and get more comfortable and kind of just let your followers and customers see who you are, um, you know, it does start to feel a lot better and a lot more natural. And, you know, you see a lot more connection and engagement, which, you know, is great to kind of meet who's buying your products or who has yeah. questions, that sort of thing. Yeah. that I if, And I love that you say, right, like you just got to keep showing up like you really do. And whatever that looks like doesn't matter. And I do think, and I'm, I want to know like your opinion on this too, because like you said, you have to kind of keep up with marketing trends. You have to be very cognizant of the way that people and consumers are, or are interacting. And I find a lot of times, especially when I'm working with new clients and I ask them in particularly, or particularly with social media, right? Why are you on Instagram if you don't have kind of an Instagram business or why are you on TikTok or whatever? It doesn't matter what the platform is. And so often they say, because that's what everyone else is doing. And, or like people, my, my customers are on there and they get really scared to kind of cut back. And so I'm, I'm, I wonder like what worked for you or how did you discover the platforms that to work for you? And cause you mentioned your personal Instagram. So maybe that was a natural thing. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you chose those channels? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, cause as a small business owner, it's like, I can't do every channel or yeah. at least in a consistent way. And for me, right. I feel like even though trends changed, um, definitely a big focus for me over the last, you know, six months or so is to be consistent with whatever I'm doing. So for me, um, Instagram has always been a platform that I've always used. Um, I guess maybe as a millennial, you know, that's kind of, you know, my, yeah. my target customer. Um, so I chose to really kind of dive into Instagram. Um, you know, a lot of different mentors or coaches have been like, oh, TikTok. And, you know, it's like, I made a TikTok for the business. You know, it's not something... I can't devote myself to that many platforms. Sure. So for me, I really focus on Instagram, you know, that kind of links in with Facebook, of course. And then, you know, I have a weekly or bi-weekly blog post um, that goes onto the 11 Botanica site. And then I have an email list where once a month at the beginning of the month, I kind of send out a monthly dose of wellness. So those three um, kind of marketing channels have been my focus and something that realistically I can consistently continue with. Sure. Um, yeah. I love that you are so focused and I, and that is not easy to accomplish because people, we, we, especially when we're new, we're trying to, we're feeling things out. We we're too afraid that we're not going to be seen enough. And I love that you were like, Nope, this is what I can handle. This is what's sustainable for me to execute a blog at whatever frequency. Right. I think you mentioned biweekly or potentially sometimes mm -hmm. weekly. Right. And so yeah. And then that monthly dose of wellness, like everything is very intentional and it's not overwhelming. It's very simple, just like your brand. Right. And so I, I really do think that that is so rare for a fairly new business owner to, to do that. And because of that fear. And so how did you do, was it, and you mentioned your mentors kind of said like, Oh, get a TikTok, things like that. How did you sort of block out the the pressure to not do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, you know, I am working to actively get wholesale accounts and, you know, partnerships with spas and other things. So it's like, you know, those type of efforts, you know, I'm seeing, you know, more of a return right now. So I have to, you know, be smart about the time I use in social media. Otherwise I would be spending, you know, two full days making content. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, there definitely was a phase maybe a year ago that I did kind of just have that analysis paralysis where I'm like, I need to be doing all these things. I'm listening to 500 mm -hmm. business podcasts, like every week, they're telling me to do all these things. It's very overwhelming. Um, so I think for me, you know, definitely at the start of this year, um, you know, I wanted to just be like, what can I consistently commit to? 
and then reevaluate after, you know, six months to a year of really sticking to these three outlets and doing them every week, bi-weekly, that sort of thing. I love that because you were, you, it's about the commitment and it's about you being super realistic. How is it, is it fun for you? Like, are you getting joy out of it or does it feel like a task? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I love writing, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely the blog posts and monthly newsletters um, do bring me a lot of joy. um, And I love sharing those. Um, I do think, you know, the 11 chats, I love sharing more about Ayurveda. Um, I think sometimes when it comes to like the, the carousel, the lifestyle posts, even like the short reels, you know, those sometimes do get a bit exhausting, you know, to have to really make sure you have enough content um, to keep sharing. Um, but definitely like the writing and, you know, the talking about Ayurveda aromatherapy, kind of the brand definitely bring me joy. Yeah, that's great. Um, I really appreciate that you, you stick to what you love. Um, and again, it kind of, it all goes back to Ayurveda naturally, but what has, I guess, what have you seen, or actually I have another question that just popped up. How has your if you don't mind me asking the growth of these channels or the growth and how have you been able to like pinpoint spikes in any in sales based on these 11 chats or these newsletters and things like that? Yeah. So I definitely, um, you know, I'm seeing with consistent posting on Instagram, um, you know, I tend to do five to six, um, grid posts a week that might include the 11 chat might include carousel, you know, I'm seeing, um, a lot of growth there, um, and getting, you know, orders from people that, you know, I didn't meet at a pop-up or that sort of thing. So I am seeing growth there. Um, I think it's definitely a long game. Um, you know, it's not like I have 10,000 followers, you know, the, after a month of doing that, but I am seeing, you know, pretty consistent, steady growth. Um, I would also say really building, focusing on building my email list um, is probably where I see more sales than through Instagram. Um, so really kind of people can sign up when they make an order online or, you know, in person at, you know, a pop-up event. And really I'm seeing, you know, whether it's, you know, sharing about a new product or, you know, maybe a discount. I don't do a lot of sales as a small business, but that sort of thing I am seeing you know, a lot of people coming to the website and often purchasing through kind of those email um, monthly newsletters, so to say. Right. How has you, if you, and this is more of a personal question, how has, have you, has like doing all of this and putting yourself out there, talking about these things that you love, tapping into the writing, what has been the personal journey for you to do it all? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's not, you know, you can get kind of overwhelmed at times. So I think, you know, keeping kind of more of a structure of like when I do things and what day I do things kind of batching has been really helpful. Um, I think too, you know, as a small business owner, as I mentioned before, of you know, listening to tons of podcasts and reading tons of books, sometimes you can have too much information. So sometimes it is kind of what I always talk about, just simplifying, you know, just taking some time to think about, you know, what things you can realistically do as a small business owner, because you can't Mm -hmm. do everything. Um, So I think that's been, you know, very helpful um, in trying to manage all the the different, different things. Yeah. What has been the most unexpected thing since starting your business? And it could be unexpected in any arena, not just marketing or branding or sales or whatever. Yeah, I would have to say, um, since becoming a mom, um, you know, I was kind of worried how running a business would be, but I feel like I've become even more productive um, just because I want to fully be present when I'm working on my business and also mm-hmm. with my daughter. Um, so I've really been able to things that I might kind of leisurely like take three to four hours to do because I don't know if I want to do them or yeah. you know, <laughs> thinking about what order to do them in. I'm much more like, okay, I have an hour right now. Like, sure. let's you know, get this done. So I think that's um, definitely been something unexpected, but yeah. a good, good thing. What has been the most challenging? Um, challenging is, you know, I tend to 
add a lot of things to my to-do list every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been challenging to kind of have to prioritize what things I'm getting done any given day. Um, you know, the list as a small business owner, you can just make a list of, you know, hundreds of things never that you need to do. So <laughs> every time I'm crossing something off, I'm, I'm excited. And then I'm like, and then I have a follow-up for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm always kind of doing these like brain dumps where I have all these ideas of all these, you know, marketing and social media and like product development. So I'm always making these like long lists. So right. I think, you know, being okay with focusing in on those three the four things maybe that you want to get done each day. And then also taking time to like celebrate wins. Um, that's not something that comes super naturally to me. Cause I'm always like, okay, on to the next, on to the next goal. But I think yeah. just taking time um, to really acknowledge that is just helpful for mindset and just kind of morale in general. For sure. I'm curious about how has, how has been like, communicate I mean you go through all these channels right about um speaking about your brand and then like you said simplicity you talk a lot about simplicity and focus so do you find that in your messaging and everything which is very clear message like are you do you make a point or have you seen have you kind of tested different ways to make sure that that message is also simple and clear um, yeah, I would say maybe a little bit I've tested, um, you know, this is more, I just came to mind like captions for like mm -hmm. Instagram, you know, whether people um, are resonating more with like this longer, more informative, or just something quick and simple. Um, I'm kind of seeing, you know, a little more resonation with, you know, just a quick or simple caption that's not, sure. um, and I don't know if that's a trend or, you know, that's what's going on, but that's kind of what I've seen is just keeping things simple for people. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm posting a 20 minute video is often not going to get, you know, as many views as a shorter, more bite-sized manageable, something people have time to absorb quickly. Sure. What, how, did, when you developed your messaging, how did you infuse that in all of that? Like how did you, or I guess I should backtrack how, when you kind of were developing the messaging, and again, it, it, so much of it centers around education on, on Ayurveda, what what was most important to you and what, I guess, remains most important to you when you are educating people and like and how that connects with specifically Eleven Botanica? Yeah, so, um, you know, we have a hashtag, create your ritual. And I think that's what, you know, really is the main message of 11 Botanica is how can you slow down or pause at any given moment of your day and find a moment of mindfulness, a um, moment to just kind of reconnect to your breath, um, to your intention, you know, what you're doing. Um, so really kind of that create your ritual messaging yeah. really is, you know, the basis of the brand, wanting us all to slow down, to take a moment, um, reconnect to ourselves, you know, quickly use one of the products to just kind of come back into a state of balance. I love that. I love that because it also very much ties back to creating that immersive experience, but putting it in their own hands, um, which is, which is phenomenal. How has the response been for that? Yeah, I think, you know, people definitely it helps them kind of understand that it's more than just a product. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people definitely will, you know, start to share using their products or that sort of thing, because really, it's just, you know, it takes a couple moments, you don't need to be in this, you know, perfectly curated space for this like hour long, you know, routine to really feel good. It's a quick moment at your desk in the car on a walk that you can really kind of create this moment for yourself. That's great. Um, I'm curious and I'd like to open up a little bit of, or go down a slightly extended path of your business is primarily direct to consumer, correct? But you mentioned that yes. you were also branching out into spas, wholesale, things like that. Can you share a little bit about how has the marketing in, in just or how have your effort, your marketing efforts, I suppose, differentiated from what you're doing with consumers to these? Because uh, now then you're switching to B2B, right? So right. just curious about that process for you. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, very different. I think, you know, when you're 
going B2B and trying to land wholesale accounts, you know, it's a lot of more numbers, you know, kind of going through, you know, the value of each product and kind of what it's for. Um, so I think, you know, it's still, it's, it's infusing, you know, who I am and explaining the brand um, in a more condensed way so that we can really focus in on the product and what's going to work in, you know, their space you know, what they want to see. Um, and I think, you know, it is a little bit more of Instagram is more of that education and connection, um, you know, to the direct customer, mm-hmm. whereas B2B is kind of really, you know, showing what products work, what people like, um, you know, kind of diving into more of that. How have you been finding these, the wholesalers? Like, have you had, or has, have, because so much of that, right. And especially with B2B, it's about personal relationships, personal connections. That's really where, it, what it comes down to. And there are ways to sort of shortcut that process, but curious to know, especially as a small business owner with limited resources, like how has that process been? Yeah. So, you know, definitely there are challenging challenges there. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the great partnerships I found have, you know, really been through networking um, and kind of, you know, you never know like who you're going to meet and who they might know. So mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, really just going back to um, connecting with others and really having networking be a focus has been really helpful for me at this point. Um, you know, I think also, you know, I'm someone who, you know, I, I want the product to be in a lot more stores around the country. So it's often, you know, taking trips or going into these stores or trying to meet with someone face to face that I usually see sometimes a better result versus just sending, sure. you know, an email to, you know, a contact email on a website. So I think right. um, definitely that face to face aspect um, and connection works well. That's fantastic. And then so true too, especially because like I said, there are we look, we can so easily look at larger companies that they have the systems in place to kind of fast track that whole journey and that process. They've got the materials, they've got all of like the technology, they've got all of these things, um, especially the people to actually grab onto that. So I find it interesting, you know, in networking, so many people are like the it's like they get sales, they know networking is important. But I think what I really liked what you just said was if it goes back to also your brand of just connecting with others. So what has been like in that process? Have you had, did you experience any challenges when it came to like finding the right partners and finding the right, the quality or the people who share your values? And how did you communicate that? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely with being newer into going into the wholesale space, um, you know, there's definitely you want to get to know the business, the owner of that business, and you also kind of want to know who is shopping at that store. Um, You know, both parties in this B2B relationship want the product to move. So I think, you know, it's being strategic and kind of really understanding, you know, looking at the rest of the store's assortment, you know, understanding who buys from that store, um, Mm -hmm. that can sometimes be challenging. Um, You know, I have a wide array of products, you know, I do see like, you know, my herbal teas, those type of products tend to do well at cafes or coffee shops, but the roller blends or diffuser blends don't always fit there. Those are going to be more in a boutique type of Mm -hmm. setting. So I think there are some challenges of like, you know, figuring out what product works where, Um, you know, and with retail, you know, sometimes there's trends and things that make sense. And sometimes it's just like, you know, why didn't this sell here, but it's selling there. So I think it's kind of also making peace and understanding that, you know, not everything is a fit, but sometimes it's a great fit and it's unexpected. I like that you highlight though, right. Where it's like, it is some trial and error. Like it's not like you can have the strategies you can do whatever and it's still trial and error so I, I appreciate you sharing that when it comes to do you have any methods and I, I we kind of spoke about this earlier but when it, about like the seeing spikes in sales and seeing kind of like what's driving the revenue how how do you track sort of those trends and how does the how does that influence or like those results influence the way you you take your brand 
Yeah, I think it definitely leads to kind of what categories I expand or add more products for mm-hmm. sure. Um, herbal teas were something new that I added, you know, to inline, as I mentioned, I had been making herbal different blends for clients for a while. Um, and that mm-hmm. was a newer product last year. And so I really started out, it wasn't even on the, on, in the online store. I kind of started out selling those in person and wanting to get a lot mm-hmm. of feedback there. Um, that became a really fast growing category, um, for 11. So, you know, that's kind of a big focus for expansion and adding different types of teas and assortments in the herbal products category. So I think, you know, there's always kind of that testing phase, um, you know, of trying out a new product, um, kind of getting that feedback organically, um, kind of seeing what works and that kind of helps me decide, you know, which categories, um, that will expand and when. Yeah. I love that. So I have a question for you about what, for what, as you look back on where you're at, uh, on your journey and compared to where you're at now, what, as in, if it, there's so many new business owners, uh, of course, that stem from the pandemic in particular, but just small business owners in general who are in a similar state of de- uh, direct to consumer products, um, but also potentially B2B, what do you, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think it would come down to, you know, being focused. Mm -hmm. We only, you know, have so much time and resources. You know, of course, we all have, you know, very big goals for our company, but I think it would be really focusing um, on what's manageable and what you can really go all in on at that time. Um, You know, one of my core values is passion. So I really try to make sure like whatever efforts I can really go all in um, on that and really give it everything. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, my fi- I want to be mindful of your time. So my final um, question for you is what has been the most positive experience since this? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, definitely the workshop series um, was really exciting because it really helped me start to see, you know, where the company is going with, you know, this connection and community aspect um, you know, definitely we're a product company, but, you know, bringing in that experience for consumers um, is really exciting and where I, you know, want to take the company. For sure. That's awesome. Um, how can, how can our listeners support you? Yeah. So I have an online shop, um, www.11botanica.com and also on Instagram, 11botanica. Um, my emails, you know, you can reach out to me with any questions about products or questions about Ayurveda in general. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alexa, for your time. I've loved learning about 11botanica. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.